Hi, welcome to the Sunflower Society podcast. We are two sisters looking to enhance your journey by sharing some of our personal experiences, and we invite you along to join us. That's my sister, Kara Howard, and I'm Justine Gonzalez. We'll be your hostesses at the Sunflower Society podcast, where we explore how you can grow and serve the world through your unique talents and have further impact in your day-to-day life. Let's get ready to go. Hey, sister. Hey, sister. Welcome, listeners, to episode 14 of the Sunflower Society podcast. Episode 14 is all about productivity. Are you ready? I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) You're not feeling productive? No, I had a I had a nice relaxing day, but I also had a very productive creative day. So Oh, well, what did you yeah. create? Nothing. It's all in my head. It's it's living in oh, my brain. Oh, here now. we go. <laughs> here we go again. What episode was it? We talked about this, writing it down. Uh, I'm getting a little better. Getting a little better. I do have a calendar that is really pretty and I really enjoy using it. And so I have been marking that up quite a bit with ideas. You've been using it or you've been looking at it because it's pretty. <laughs> Help me understand here. I just started using it. I'm not judging you either way. For more of that purpose, I just started using it. But prior to that, I was just writing down actual events and looking at it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It makes more sense. So many of us, right? We all have those times and those moments. And if you are an avid listener, or even if this is your first episode that you happen to listen to, you will find that my sister Kara and I, I'm Justine, we are very different in a lot of ways, uh, but we're also besties who have a lot in common. <laughs> so yeah. exactly. um, we're always, we always look forward to our weekly podcast to just share, honestly, it's usually what we're going through in our journey and we would have conversations and start, you know, riffing on things and then be like, Oh, we should have recorded that. That was a great conversation. (laughs) We've been doing this obsessively though, like since we were children, I mean, we had a significant 20 year break in there, but as children, (laughs) we definitely utilized the old boom box to record ourselves on the cassette tapes and reuse them and reuse them and reuse them. And I think I actually still have one of those tapes or two. We had two, so I must have two of them stashed somewhere. The two, they were black tapes and they had yep. like a little label of orange red on it. On it red yep. And yep. there was nothing, I don't think there was anything written on them, but we just kept recording over them. And probably my all-time favorite was like, well, Paul, our younger brother must have been a baby because... I just remember, and I think we lived with our grandparents at that point because we, they had this like amazing house with a catwalk, like how you could overlook. Right. Uh But I just vividly remember us, we would watch little house on the prairie Uh because they had a satellite and (laughs) 
<laughs> like and I'll never forget on one of the tapes we had been recording and you were singing at the top of your lungs. I the was honestly song. just thinking about that. That's the first thing on the the tape that we use oh, the most. Okay, listener, yeah. it is, but listeners, you realize even <laughs> if you've never watched Little House on the Prairie, there's no words in the theme song. It was literally, it was literally Kara going <laughs> and in the background you hear Paul or I am assuming it is him I maybe it was me because I was mad about something but you just hear <laughs> like a baby screaming <laughs> like, be quiet please there's no words for this song <laughs> just like I say to my kids now oh memories oh yeah um well so we're here we're here talking about productivity and um if you if you read kind of our notes in the episode description we were just talking uh because we each uh, own businesses and we were saying you know do you ever feel like some days you're like this total queen you're conquering the world you're just getting things done and you have great momentum and then like the very next day you just want to put on a Snuggie and drink, which, by the way, my sister bought me one. It's zero print. Um, uh-huh. And drink a glass of wine and binge watch Golden Girls. And yeah. the truth is, yeah, we, we've been there. And so we really want to tackle productivity today. Um, where do you want to start with this big topic? Jeez, they're always so big. I don't understand why we do this to ourselves. I do. <laughs> I think we have a lot of stuff to talk about, but um, I don't know. Like I've been personally this week, I have been struggling hard with this because I'm in a space in my business where I am struggling a little bit to balance. I'm still working part-time as an educator in healthcare. And then I have this, you know, critique that I started and I just have, I'm in this holding phase kind of for the boutique and felt like, and we were in a transitional period and sort of felt like there was nowhere to go right this second. Like, but I am used to that momentum and like every day, you know, going a little bit further in one direction. But I got to a point this last week where I was just like, what, what do I do next? Like there's, everything's in a holding pattern. Like I've put out feelers, lots of different directions and just it's like a waiting game. But I felt like I felt bad because I wasn't actually doing and I need to get better at just waiting and seeing what fruit comes of the connections and the outreach and the advertising and all, all the things. Like yeah. I just realized you can't constantly be in this productive state and never come down from it. And when you do come down from it, don't feel guilty about it and don't like badmouth yourself for not putting it out and putting it out and being on all the time. Like there has to be those ebbs and flows in your productivity Mm -hmm. for you to truly produce good stuff, if that makes sense. So, I mean, are you arguing, I mean, this isn't an argument, but are you (laughs) making the case? that a lack of productivity can actually be a good thing? 
well, for, I think for short periods of time, like I would just, just like anything, like if I had a period of non-productivity for a month, my business would definitely suffer from that. So I think it has to be like a, I, I think of productivity at the top of the mountain type of thing. And then you're, you're kind of, you got to walk down into the valley for just a little bit, cool off, take a breath, like get your wind again, because you're about to climb back up again. And um, I feel like in that valley, when you're just in that restful state, those are some of your most insightful, like self-building and um, self-nurturing times. And we have to have those times because you can't always be putting out. You have to be taking in to feed yourself as well. Yeah, that's, but you can't that's, just sit there and feed yourself and feed yourself and feed yourself because we all know what happens when we physically do that. It's the same thing that happens with us emotionally when we stop, when we stop, you know what I mean? Mm. We stop putting out and well, <laughs> that sounded weird. <laughs> no. Well, I know, I know what you're saying. I mean, yeah. I, I think too, we get wrapped up in this idea that the harder I work, the more hours I work, the more quote unquote productive I am, according to, I don't know, so for some people, they're very task oriented. So maybe they feel productive if they put check marks on a checklist, right? right. Whatever it is that makes you feel that way. Um, I think it's an interesting concept because we often are measuring our effectiveness or maybe how we're doing, whether it's with a business or on a, you know, a timeline that we've set for ourselves with a goal, whatever it be, we sometimes like we, we beat ourselves up. Like you alluded to this a little bit, but often on, maybe it's on that day where you just do not feel like doing much of anything, or you can't really get your, uh, your motivation mojo going. Um, (laughs) then those are the days you end up guilting yourself. You feel guilty. Like, so like you spend this time keeping your wheels spinning in a space where you feel guilt and shame and you're bringing that on yourself. So I just don't know. Is that only me that sometimes still works around that and, no, I think to overcome it. <laughs> no, I think everybody to a degree has that. And I feel like I don't really know why um, we do that to ourselves because it's totally natural for us to have different levels of energy based on physically like what we're going through. Like for women, especially, you know, I've been hearing quite a bit about research on your menstrual cycle and productivity and listen to an awesome podcast that Jenna Kutcher had the other day. um, Hey, Jenna Kutcher. (laughs) um, About this subject. And like, it's something that as I've gotten older, I've actually been able to observe more um, without really knowing that it was based in fact, but I've been hearing more and more about the research and it's true, like your body goes through, and I don't know about for men, but I'm sure there's correlations with this as well. Um, but your body goes through this 28 to 30 day cycle every month. And 
like there are times when um, the lady that was guest speaking, I can't remember her name right off the top of my head, but she was saying there's like a winter, spring, summer, and fall to every woman's 30 day menstrual cycle. And your winter is your time, like when you actually begin your um, like lead in into your menstrual cycle. And then your menstrual cycle begins the spring and summer. And those are really highly like a high two week production period for women. Um, and then the fall would be like week three, right after you ovulate, right as you're starting to ovulate. Um, and she was saying, you know, this time is a time where we start to draw in a little bit and it's our way of like protecting like a possible pregnancy or something like that. Like biologically speaking, that's like how our bodies were designed. You have this huge surge in um, estrogen. I think it is during this time or no, that's right after that's in your spring and summer. Sorry. Anyway, it's just very, very interesting. Like biologically speaking, women especially are designed to have these um, flows in your hormone levels, and those can really affect your energy. And I think we need to embrace that instead of feeling bad about it. And it's that it's, it's really funny too, because like, as women, we've never even been taught about that. So, but it's true if you really think about it and I'm going to, I think I'm going to map out my next cycle. This sounds weird to some people, but just to kind of see like each day, how I was feeling, like how I felt the day went like productivity wise and kind of see, and I bet you money, those line up. I bet you money they do. And this, um, Jenna Kutcher was saying how she started kind of mapping her month and her workflow based on when her actual, her actual flow. Yeah. <laughs> flow to give her her creative flow which is totally insane to some people but I really like I'm gonna try it out I am I well you're also like you're also a nurse you know yeah. so yeah. I'm sure that that really lights you up and gets you excited for those of us who are not nurses well but the sad <laughs> thing is though I never heard that and nur- I've, ne- I've never heard that before hmm. maybe, interesting maybe- like folklore or something like that that's just coming back into like the research realm but Hmm. (laughs) I really think I really think there's something to it and I'm going to try it in my own life and see because I definitely have those weeks where it's like man I was just like so on fire last week and literally nothing has happened between then and now it's like you said waking up overnight and the difference between being on top of the mountain feeling like yes like I got all this stuff accomplished I'm like, this is wonderful. And then you wake up the next day. It's like, uh, right. Where's the motivation? Yeah. 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 Where's the motivation? And, um, I don't, that's our body's natural way of like bringing you to that resting spot to recharge yourself, I think. And we need to be okay with it. Right. Right. I think, yeah, I think you have to listen to your body, but you do also have to listen to, um, other aspects, right. Your, your mindset, what are the patterns that you fall into? Because kind of the take more so and in, in what maybe other people who are thinking in, in my back, you know, my background, obviously, and we talk about this a lot is in uh, education. So being a teacher and principal, a lot of people who are very task oriented and they do like their checklists or their color coded calendars that they can cross things off. Or if you do it digitally, you can delete it or check it off and, um, 
if you like that feeling, I think it's important to, to kind of unpack why does that give you kind of a productivity high? Is it because you actually accomplished a lot in the day and you moved some things forward or were you just doing some tasks that didn't really result in some type of a, you know, measurable outcome? Because I can make, I can make a list with 20 things and be like, Oh yeah, I responded to emails. I did this. I did that. But if at the end of the day, it's not helping me serve other people and add value to the world and I didn't enjoy it, I have to ask myself, like, well, why then does, and I guess we're making up a new term. Why does that give me pro- a productivity high? Mm-hmm. Well, because I think the busier you feel, you're more inclined to feel like that equals productivity. When if you look at actual output, when you're looking at, like my husband works at a factory and when they talk about productivity, it's the number of workers per hour that it takes to make X amount of pieces. You know what I mean? Right. And so in that regard, I guess we sort of look at productivity in that way in our everyday lives as well, even though that's a, that's a farce, you know, Um, I think. But on the other hand, I also get those people. I'm not one of those people, by the way, but I get the people that like the color coded and the list making and the check marking and all that stuff, because it's it, in a way that for certain jobs, that is productivity because you have to do some of that kind of tasky stuff in a job a lot of times as part of that role, even though it might not be, well, that's, I wonder how workplaces would be different if that were flipped upside down, you know? Yeah. I wonder putting our energy into projects and creative output and relationships instead of that tasky stuff. Cause really a lot of jobs boil down to that tasky stuff. Never really thought about that before, but yep. Well, no, it's exactly correct. And it's not actually, uh, I don't know. It's, it's also somewhat how a lot of schools are designed. And because then you're also, you're kind of feeding that mentality into students with how you set everything up. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's the same result. Meaning we really just want to instill that idea of a productivity high because we're asking students to be task oriented And we're not, to your point, we're not really focusing on giving them skills that they need to really be successful in the workplace. Right. Because the relational point. And that's why, I mean, I'm so passionate about what I get to do and and what my company is centered around helping educators do. Because it, I mean, you can't, your success cannot be built on just how productive you feel based on that measurement just being tasks, right? Because productivity can mean so many different things, but how many people define it and automatically think of it is, Oh, I got a bunch of stuff done. Well, you could have a really, really productive day where you actually only work for two hours, but because of the content or 
the writing or whatever you were able to get done, it was super productive. Right. And for some reason, if you have, for example, if you have a really big meeting with somebody and it opens up a thousand doors and opportunities, but you only met with them for coffee for 30 minutes, does that make you any less productive if, if that's all that you did all day? Right, because you weren't sitting in your office chair for eight hours that day. Right, right. So then Which it makes is, you wonder, too, yeah. how much do people actually get accomplished on the job? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's many, many studies out there about productivity and actual work time mm-hmm. when in the office, on the job, whatever. Uh, you know what? The other thing is, um, and I'm reading this book that you recommended to me. Um, to sell as human by oh. Daniel H. Pink. Yep. And you know, I notice it is circa 2015. And honestly, as I'm reading it, I can see uh, quite a bit has changed even in the last four years, as far as what he's saying. Yeah. But yeah, back then, back then, four years ago, <laughs> he was saying that the greatest, um, the greatest, basically, workforce in the United States is from entrepreneurs, usually like small, small micro business owners. And that in the future, our economy is going to depend on us providing services and intellectual capacity and things of that nature, rather than physical goods necessarily. And even then he was seeing, you know, this author was seeing a trend in, you know, you're taking your, our manufacturing rates are going down in the United States. Um, and there's a high need for kind of entrepreneurs and intellectual. It's like, we're in this era of, I don't want to say like, uh, what do you, what do you, what is that era called? The industrial revolution, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's not, it's not being industrialized because we are that, but it's going to even a next level of like intellectual industrialization almost and concepts and ideas and stuff, because knowledge is everywhere now with the internet. Like it doesn't take as many experts as it used to. It doesn't take a college degree to be able to do certain things right? when you can YouTube it at your fingertips. Like our world is changing and accessibility has made us all smarter in a way. Mm -hmm. And so our productivity is not necessarily going to look like do X amount of hours of work, clock in, clock out and produce and output this many products or, you know, whatever, like it is going, it is a whole different like flip and we're probably not going to really see it until we're 50 years down the road. And we're like, Holy crap, that happened. Mm -hmm. Like we went from nothing to do with, well, not nothing to do with technology, but minimum when I'm looking back, I mean, I didn't have a cell phone until I was like in the middle of college. Right. Right. (laughs) You know, things have changed a whole lot in the last 15 to 20 years. And I think productivity is not even, it's not even really going to matter right now. It matters for metrics and large companies and who do output goods still. But as far as actual jobs that are are being run mm-hmm. in, this, in this new economy we we don't even have a measurement for productivity to be honest 
Well, I, I also think it's, I, yeah, I mean, I'll go back to actually one of, I'll give one of our key takeaways. I haven't done any key takeaways yet this episode, but key takeaway one would be to embrace being in a holding pattern. And you started off the episode by kind of describing that you feel that way. But mm-hmm. I think if we approach it from a place of embracing it, it can become very empowering and to not beat ourselves up. Because if we stay in a space of shame and guilt because, oh, I didn't log this many hours or this or that, we it actually puts us further behind, you know, two or three steps back from an emotional right. standpoint. And so that would automatically bring me to key takeaway two, which is from the emotional side of things, not just the cognitive, but the emotional part, don't get caught up in imposter syndrome. And I'm not Hmm. sure how many listeners have maybe heard of that, or if you've heard of that, have you heard that term? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But imposter syndrome is this kind of whole idea of that, especially I think entrepreneurs, they... Uh, like not just entrepreneurs, I think it's a lot of people. And I think it goes back to knowing yourself. And a lot of what we come back to in this podcast is, do you know yourself well enough to show up in the way you need to, and to do the things to take care of yourself the way that you need to, in order to honor the gifts that, that God has blessed you with. And imposter syndrome is just this whole theory that, when people rise in a position or maybe they get a promotion or they want to accomplish those things, perhaps they're in a new role. They constantly have this kind of mental battle in their head about if they're really worthy. And so one day Mm -hmm. they might walk around with some six inch heels and a power suit and be like, (laughs) I'm the queen, I'm the boss. And then the very next day inside it, it's my, it might not be how they act, but inside you might feel like, oh my goodness, if people only knew some of my failures, if people only knew like, oh, I don't have this degree or I don't have this title. And so right. it's that constant space of questioning, really you're questioning your value and you're questioning your worthiness. And so I want to make sure that people hear both of those key takeaways and truly take them away that it's not a space that honors who you are and you don't need to live in that space anymore. Like let it go. When you start having those thoughts of not embracing that um, holding pattern, as you called it, mm-hmm. and, and you only are seeking that next productivity high, however you're choosing to measure it that day, whether it's your task list or if you feel like you created a whole bunch of stuff, however you personally measure it, quit doing that. Stop making it about a productivity high and be aware of if you even have thoughts of not feeling like, oh, well, do I really deserve this title? Do I deserve this position? Yeah. If you got it, then you deserve it. And if you think you can and you believe it, you, you will. But when you go to a space where you doubt yourself, then you for sure won't be productive. Because if you're living in that space where you're doubting yourself or you're feeling guilty or you're feeling shame and then, then you aren't going to create at the highest levels. And in essence, you're actually going to 
decrease your productivity or your feelings of whatever that should be even more. Um, so I don't know. Those are, we, we got our two big key takeaways in episode 14, which would be to in, embrace the holding patterns that are in your life. And key takeaway two would be not to get caught up with the imposter syndrome. So don't play that mental game or stay stuck in that space where you're questioning your value or questioning your worthiness of an opportunity or an idea that, that God has given you. Um, what, what would you say, Kara, to somebody who they just, I don't know, maybe they're, you, you talked about a holding pattern, Mm -hmm. which I thought was fascinating to call it that. Um, what, what would you say to somebody who feels like they've been in a holding pattern for a a while? Like it's not just a day, but they've been kind of stuck there and maybe they have these really, really good ideas, but they just can't quite get past some setbacks that maybe put them into a holding pattern or they they're believing that those setbacks are putting them there. I would say just go, Mm. go and do something, do something small. Maybe the first day you do something small and like you gain a little bit of confidence. And then the next day you do something else small. And I don't think it's ever a good idea for people that have been beat down and are kind of in that space to go out and make a grand gesture and just like try to do something big all at one time. I think you need time to like regain your footing, build your confidence back up to where you're outputting consistently the right types of my husband just walked in. He's glaring at me. Um, anyway, I, I think that you have to get, you have to build yourself back up again. That's the only way to do it. And in order to get yourself there, you have to take a, a step, one step. Um, yeah. Yep. And I think like some people at that point actually hang in the towel or is that what you say? Hang in the towel? No. Hang up. Throw the- in the towel. Throw in the towel. <laughs> why that didn't come to me um some people a lot of people actually especially in the business world when you're starting kind of on your own like you know if the going gets uncomfortable or you're feeling in that state of like what do I do now like a lot of people just quit and it's okay like it those are people who might come back to it years down the road but um this is the part I think where the people that make it are able to take those small steps and get back on the horse again. I'm using all kinds of good uh, <laughs> little things that I can't quite remember. The we'll, right stop, we'll stop you while you're ahead. Okay. Okay. Do that. Um, so really quick wrap up. We love to have this quick segment at the end of every episode. We started doing it a few episodes back, but it's called our fabulous five list. And we really try to count down our top five favorites or fabulous um, things that we love of something, right? (laughs) Of anything. And the funny thing is we kind of realized that at times we end up coming up with more than five because maybe 
we each have more than two or three. Uh, so anyways, today we thought it would be fun to count down our top five favorite TV shows of all time. All right. The first or number five is a little irreverent. And probably a lot of people have not watched either of these shows. We have like a tie for number five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We agreed uh, on most. We did agree on most. I love TV. Like personally, I think, I know people poo poo TV and they're like, eh, movies are, you know, the cinema and all that stuff, the art of the cinema. And that's great. And it has its place. But I think TV shows are just so fun and inventive and they just leave you hanging and that's just fun in and of itself. A movie, you just watch it and two hours later it's over and that's disappointing to me. But anyway, <laughs> number five, Workaholics and Broad City. They're both on Comedy Central or originated yep. there. And- we love them. We have watched those episodes so many times. If you don't particularly like crude jokes or just don't watch it. You probably, sh- yeah, probably shouldn't watch those too then. <laughs> okay, number four. We discussed, what did we discuss for number four? Oh, uh, I don't remember. I think it was, was it Frasier? <coughs> was it Frasier and Friends, maybe? Oh, Frasier and Friends. It's two NBC okay. classics. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then. So three. I don't remember number three. We, we just talked about a bunch of shows. Yeah, to be we discussed too. Golden Girls. <laughs> We discussed Golden Girls, and then we had a toss-up, so we'll just say two and one right together, but (laughs) we had a toss-up. We did not agree. Like, I have a number one all-time favorite show, and so does Kara. Mine is Arrested Development. I just- Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Number four was Portlandia. Uh Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had to bring attention to that one. Anyway. Um, Yeah, number two, Arrested Development. I, I like it's a really great show don't get me wrong I couldn't I couldn't get there for my number one which is the office right the office yeah <laughs> who's your favorite it will character? always be the office the best thing that could ever happen on tv would be for an office reunion season oh like, wait <sighs> okay I take back my question I asked who's your favorite character but what I want to end on is who is your spirit character? Who is the character that you're most like on the oh, office? Gosh, let me think about it. Uh, I feel like it might be Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know well, for sure. Again, what let's, do you think? let's stop her while we're ahead. <laughs> I think that I think that my actually my spirit characters would probably be a combination of uh, Kelly. Oh yeah, and the who replaces Pam at the front desk? Who becomes Elizabeth? Oh, yep. Um, what's her name on on the office? Uh, I can't remember right now. Aaron. I'm like a combo it's between Aaron. yeah Kelly and Aaron. I could see myself yeah. being a little bit Aaron too. That's why Aaron that. and yeah. Andy. Yeah, I could see a combo of those two. Yeah. All right. I'm so glad we I'm so glad we discussed this. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning in. We have some great episodes in the works as well. Um, where we hope to be doing some interviews and featuring guests. 
But you can catch up on our episodes on any major platform. We're on Spotify, Apple, Google. We're, we're on all the podcasts, right, um, channels. So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you listening, and we will talk to you next week. We will-